Welcome to the Embody Your Wild podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Chu. All right, so welcome back to the Embody Your Wild podcast. Um, Today I'm really, really happy to be talking to Frankie Paz of Moody Mango Alchemy. Um, Me and Frankie met at Medicine Festival. We were next door to each other in the Healing Village, um, offering sessions throughout the weekend and it was really really amazing to have Frankie next door we got we both very much resonated on this very grounded way of living and being in this spiritual world and it's just really beautiful to have her join today so I'm just going to hand over to Frankie to introduce herself a little bit more she's currently sat in a tree house which is just absolutely perfect for this podcast so yeah welcome oh thank you so happy to be here um like as you said I'm Frankie Paz I live on a boat in Hackney and I um I guess create ceremony with food but not in the way that you would necessarily think of ceremony I kind of do supper clubs and circles and it's getting people to kind of come back to nature through food and the simplicity of ceremony which in actual fact is presence and um, I also work with energy working with the inner child and um, yeah and all of this is done on the boat I mean I do travel with it and do retreats but ultimately a lot of it is on the boat because I'm about yeah being back in nature and yeah simplicity ultimately. Mm, Beautiful so out of curiosity where did this kind of way of living stem from is there like family member or someone who kind of like brought this really into your life for you so I grew up in South London just like a very not like this way of being at all um but my grandmother has been vegan for 60 years and when I was younger I used to think she was nuts she'd just be banging on about plants and vegetables and you know you can imagine in like the 90s when you go to a restaurant and she's like I'm a vegan and everyone's like what the hell is that and it was actually embarrassing I'd be embarrassed so she kind of planted the seed and then kind of fast forward I got lost lost in the party scene in London and stuff and ended up in the jungle in Colombia and married a local man from there and kind of what I learned there with kind of the seeds my grandmother had planted without even realizing kind of it was like all about coming back to nature and through that do we come back to ourselves and you can have that in London or in the mountains or anywhere it's just connecting and taking the time to do that even in a fast-paced world. Mm, I absolutely love that because um, when you think of London you don't scream it doesn't scream nature like obviously I don't live in London but from what I can see from where you're sat which must be near where you're living you're just immersed in nature for those I guess a question for you I guess would be for those who are living in a city and for those who do have a fast pace of living where would you suggest that they start exploring this well for me yeah for me the um it started with food actually and that's why a lot of my foundation is through food because 
you know, I had burnout. I was like partying with a lot of substance. I was fully immersed in the London Sea. And, and I've lived in the jungle and it's great. It's easy to be really chill in the jungle. Come back to like London. It's like, how do you find that balance? And you can. And I say you can because I have and I've worked and been with many people that have. And I think starting with food is a great way. My reason I call bringing food back to ceremony because it's through the simple things do we make the great changes. So if you can take the time, and actually sometimes we don't have time, but if you can make some home-cooked food and it be like infused with plants and it doesn't have to be this big bougie thing. It could be as simple as like rice, tomatoes and some coriander on top and take the time. That will infiltrate into your life. And as you start to connect and kind of um, with more plants, then you kind of awaken this innate connection to plants that we have. I believe so anyway. A strange question, but we'll roll with I'm it. up for strange. Okay. So <laughs> obviously, like, we live in a world where, like, farming has kind of, like, over been overdone in the sense that mm-hmm. a lot of the fruit and vegetables that we see within the, like, supermarkets doesn't hold as much nutrition as it used to do you still what's your mm-hmm. kind of thought on that is it can we still get the energy and the frequency from the spirit of the plant or is it is it like finding ways of like incorporating more organic and homegrown this is a really good question because the thing is I'm all about keeping it real and making it relatable and like a lot of people can't afford organic like sometimes I haven't been able to afford organic I've lived in squats I've lived in bed sits I've had nothing and it's like when people like yeah eat organic it's like yeah that's easy for you to say I'm just about covering my bills so I believe the organic farmers are the caretakers of the earth and yes to eat a tomato that is organic and been in the soil of course has got loads of vitamins but we need to start in a place where it's like right here and right now and whether that means like going down the market I'm always going down the market seeing what I can get that's being thrown out I hate waste and it's like making use of what you got because the problem I believe that we that society has is that we're always looking to get so far like we need to eat all organic and we need to be the most spiritual we can be and we need to wear all white and it's like hold up a minute let's take this back maybe we can just eat some tomatoes and make a beautiful salad and maybe like I can just turn up to a circle in my trackies and like you know it doesn't have to be this thing but I do you know plants are plants and they adapt to their surroundings and actually wild blueberries are a perfect example you know when you forage wild blueberries you then um people burn the fields and the wild blueberries come back and there is like imagine the strength of this wild blueberry after the fields have been burned and you know it's like full of vitamins and it's like nature will always win and it will always have vitamins and it will always thrive because that's what it does we just need to look after it a little bit more but to start, I believe, just eating just plants of whatever that is, because it's too far for people, if not. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And I really resonate with that because we can, it's sometimes when we aren't in a position to find organic food accessible it can just be a huge block to what we want when actually in reality everything's available for us I love like going to yellow labels in like supermarkets and stuff like that and just like um finding all of the stuff that's being thrown out and like finding 
a way of bringing them back into like you know making like a big parsnip soup or something like Mm. that or like big sweet potato soup and it's as you say it's making it accessible for the everyone because it's we need accessibility and I think the thing that is there's a lot of segregation and separation right now Mm -hmm. and it was like that when I first got more into the plants I was like the only one really doing like raw there was not many of us at all doing like raw vegan foods and and whatever and I was doing supper clubs for like 100 people and charging 20 quid for free courses because it was about let's like get picked I you know I knew only of city farms I didn't know of like actual farms and getting people to to learn and connect with the land but if it's like really expensive and I understand organic farming takes more time and it has a price but it's like but then comes like, oh, if you can only eat organic and if you can only do this, but what about everyone else? And it's like starting with what we have and being accessible and using things that, yeah, are on their way out or down the market. It's like yeah. plants are plants and yeah. um, they give us everything we need. We just don't give them the respect that they deserve. Yeah, it's very like, I guess, like, not historically but currently there's a lot of unconsciousness around what we put in our bodies and I think that goes as well with like that there's no mindfulness around the way that we eat and that's I guess how you're bringing ceremony into food yeah and also as well it's not um it's about it is about the food but like for example when we do the supper clubs it's about taking it back to ancient times so like we don't have our phones and we're eating some forage bits and we're eating some bits from down the market and we're combining these worlds and we're having for me a big thing is like the new kind of storytelling around the dinner table we've lost the stories of our ancestors but actually your story I can relate to and my story someone else can relate to and there's medicine in that and when we have these deeper conversations around the dinner table while eating of like a feast of plants full of color and flowers it's like there's there's a magic that happens and then stories can inspire people for days so there's a presence but it's more of a an opening and being yeah and being present for what is happening and unfolding and what we're putting in our mouths and the conversations being like held you know so we can again come back to a place of connection through sometimes having challenging conversations about views but if we don't have them conversations we can't we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable to find more connection 100% a hundred percent and I think it's such an important thing and the fact that the way you're working with this is through food it's such it's so simple yet so forgotten about it's it's almost like um we have as a culture as a society forgotten that a lot of our connection comes from sitting around a table and sharing food and bringing a dish together and one person feeding the rest of the group or everyone sharing in the cooking and the producing and it's it's an act of love it is it is it's a deep act of love and it's this and everyone needs to eat yeah you know you can go anywhere in the world and like you know someone will cook you a meal and you sit there and you're just like they really want to be here for that and actually the world is so fast paced it's like what if we actually done something really radical and instead of going for these like really intense ceremonies or experiences for us to invite your friends around or your neighbor and you could give you like you know what 
this season makes me feel sad because of whatever reason and actually see how that is going to transform your life for me it's like it doesn't have to be this big thing it comes back to simplicity which creates connection and you can have that in the busiest city in the world yeah and you're you're the living embodiment of that being in London doing the work yeah thing you're doing and it's absolutely amazing absolutely amazing when I lived in the Caribbean I remember looking out and I had it all you know I was like laying in a hammock in a community and I was like I've got to go back to London I was like this that you know like it's easy to do this here let's let's go to the challenge and see if we can do it in the fast-paced city how was it when you like what was the transition like for you from that Caribbean to coming back to London was there anything in particular that kind of like came up for you during that time that you'd be open to sharing so I obviously well not obviously I think I said that I married a man from the jungle um so I'd spent like five years with him and living his way of life and I came back and actually was speaking English with a Spanish accent it was like the maddest thing I'd say I was just like wow but I guess yeah you what I realized is that people don't connect as much and that's the thing that I missed the most it was like there's so much passion and love and openness and I was like you know, over there, someone's going to sell them, sell you a cigarette or their shoe and they're just going to do it with like fire and love. And you're like, I'm going to, I really need this shoe that they're selling, just this one shoe. <laughs> and then you come here and it, that was the thing. And um, I guess living there, you know, we'd walk and they'd be like paying attention to every little thing, every sound. Like, and it was like, wow, this is how we used to be. We think that it wasn't like that in England or the UK, but it was, you know, we are from sacred land too, but we just go further away to find it because it's more available. But actually there is an awakening happening in this land and I am so up for it. And my grandma is like, yes, come on. <laughs> Obviously 95 and a little bit more like, yes, come on. But like still, you know, see, um, it has everything we need. Mm, I fully agree and I like I can resonate with that I think I like I've done it where I've shifted I've gone all the way over to Asia India and done the things of like oh this land that I of my birth doesn't hold the medicine that I need and Mm. it actually it actually took the pandemic and not being able to escape to really hone in and arrive to the medicine of this land and the stories it holds and the wisdom it holds and it's not that dissimilar either you know like after spending so long in the jungle and like just you know living such a simple life that was like really simple um my boat life actually feels really bougie in comparison to be honest but um and you kind of realize actually it's it's not any different and I think you spoke about this you know what we connected on was like everyone's looking for this really out-of-body experience and actually in the jungle and even my grandmother is like no it's about being grounded we don't need to come out of our bodies like we actually need to be grounded so we can make heart-centered decisions as opposed to just like constantly flying all the time and that's really in it's it's necessary to be grounded in order to live a life that's integrated and balanced without that you're not going to have that mm-hmm. 100% and that is being very much with like I like for me it's very much feet on the earth kind of living and one thing I would really love to kind of 
ask you just kind of like shifting a little bit um the topic is obviously like we are blessed to have four proper seasons in this country and as you live so closely with the land how do you um how does that kind of mold your li- like your lifestyle or way of living throughout the seasons with food with the way that you live in general etc so it was really interesting when i was living in the jungle my ex partner um he would say to me you guys are always so busy because you're totally waiting for the next season to come. You're always waiting for summer. Whereas here, we're just in summer. We're just here. And I was like, that is such a good way to look at it. And then I realized, actually, what if we started working with the seasons? Because, you know, as a leaf falls, then I started to see that that tree is bare. And also, I'm bare. Uh, What are my roots? Like, what am I think? Like, you know, looking at nature every day, I go for walks. And when we sit in circle on the boat, I talk a lot about this. The theme is about getting people to connect back to the seasons and how our ancestors would do it, but also how that affects us. So summer for me is all about fire and moving. And then autumn comes and it's squash season. So I start to eat more of the foods that are available. I start to kind of ground a little bit more. I start to see the leaves falling and think about what I'm letting go of after this crazy summer and just kind of everything that I'm seeing. How is that a reflection of myself? How, what is happening in the outside world in nature is happening in me, you know, in the winter, it's a lot of root vegetables. Um, It's a really good time to kind of, that really helps ground in our bodies, you know, spring comes and there's lots, the first flowers are snowdrops, which are white, which really helps with depression you know, to see white flowers and gives hope. And um, again, it's like it has everything we need. But when we work with the seasons, we work with our innate connection to it. And it the more you work with it, the more you invoke it more and you can live a life more in harmony. Like winter, you can be like, you know what? I don't want to see loads of friends. I'm going to take, I'm going to take myself out. I'm going to put my fire on and I'm going to get creative and make potions or ferment things or whatever you want to do or just like chill actually Mm, absolutely um what did it look like prior to the time you were in the jungle when maybe you weren't so in tune with the seasons okay what did that look like (laughs) I mean I um I was very addicted to a drug called ketamine actually um my father passed away when I was 12 and I totally went on a mad rampage after that. And I was partying loads, working loads, just all over. But I knew there was something inside of me. It was like, if I carry on like this, I'm probably not going to be here. And um, so I actually went to a festival in Burning Man and then was like, I'm not coming home. And then I went to the jungle and fell in love and stayed there and reawaken this part of me that was already there and actually when you stop numbing you start feeling a lot of stuff you've repressed like I was grieving stuff like from 12 years old you know and um and it was nature that really held me and it was and I remember like uh Tito like uncle we call him I'd be like a hot mess over there I'd be like these guys are nuts they're like you know making fires all the time and singing and like they just uh just like laying on the floor like nature for them was just such a home and he was just like you are part of mother earth you know I don't know why you done 
you were giving yourself all them chemicals and all of that. You're part of her and she is part of you. And until you come home to her, you, you'll never, you'll never find yourself. And it was until I kind of totally rested on her, if you like, and built safety in myself as opposed to an external foundation was my connection really built. And I believe it was already there. I just lost my way through pain, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And is this how you've kind of got into your energy work as well? Because you offer some really incredible sessions, <laughs> like being next door to you at Medicine Festival. I was like, whoa, these sound amazing. I think, do you know what? I actually, being over that side of the world, you meet a lot of people, especially from the Western culture that are coming to search for plant medicines. And they're like searching. They're like, I'm going to take ayahuasca and I need it. And I've done 50 times. And I remember my ex saying, cool, 50 times. Still haven't found yourself though. You know, like in this, and I was like, whoa, okay. But it was just like, actually the medicine is within all of us. And yeah, the plants are amazing and they're an amazing tool. And the energy sessions I kind of, from being in the jungle was like, well, actually it's all about changing your own vibration and the limiting beliefs that they've been planted there. So it's all about going back to when that seed was made. I've had people go back to the womb, to past life, where they believe that they're not safe or they're not lovable or they need to put people before themselves. And actually going back and creating your own story and changing the vibrations. And it was like, for me, that's great power because it's that person changing their vibration, healing themselves and without taking anything. And that, don't get me wrong, that's not me taking away from plant medicine, but I think we as a society search for such hardcore things that it's in the actually being with the pain and seeing it and getting a different perspective can create real change too. Um, and it's easy easier to integrate, which is a big thing. Yes, I think sometimes when we sit in really powerful ceremonies that it blasts us so far that we it takes a very long time to come back down to earth and integrate it into the day-to-day -day, which at the end of the day that is the thing that is going to support you most of all is that integration mm. into life and also I think sometimes these ceremonies are quite hard to understand what even happened mm. and there's a real thing of like it will show you the light and it will show you the dark and sometimes what I found, especially in this new age kind of movement, if you want to call it that, well, I'm flowing with that word, um, is um, people get obsessed with the light. But it's actually showing you your ego at times. And then people are like, I'm going to be a healer and I'm going to do this. And it's like, no, actually, it might have just shown you where your ego is and where to go because there's light and dark in everything. And that's why I call my sessions dance with your shadow, because until you dance and embrace the shadow and it can be painful, trust me, but there is beauty in it. And actually you can only embody the light if you embody the dark and it can be your greatest ally. And that doesn't mean just searching and following the light. It means being in them both and um, harnessing them both. You know, my biggest, you know, going into the darkest places were the biggest kind of victories to me embodying the life I live now. I, I'm not running. I'm just like, I see you, Shadow. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. 
but you don't serve me like you used to. When I was living in a jungle in the jungle, a big thing that was spoken about was about this a lot of medicine being taken from their lands again and actually how that has been happening time and time in history. And it was really interesting being a white woman living in the jungle and hearing them talk about, you know, back in the day when we would come and and take their jewellery and like rob their land. And actually someone was like, well, it's not any different now. You know, people are coming, they're taking our medicine and actually it's not so available for the locals anymore. And people want to go and earn more money. And, you know, some people that are using the medicines, it's like, you know, it's like takes 30, 40 years to get there. People come, they have an experience and they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a healer. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I saw it from a really different point of view. And actually we have mushrooms in our land and that has been used for thousands of years in our lands and ceremonies. And it's like, well, actually we could be taking the plants from other lands, but we could take them from our lands. And then we wouldn't be doing this robbing, which we've been doing for thousands of years. Like we, as we always say, oh, the next generation, but it's like, well, what is our generation doing? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. you know and how can we harness the culture culture of um different cultures without robbing them actually and taking yeah in full agreement with that what we have what you shared there what why do you think now that we have the not we've always had the knowledge we've always known that we have these mushrooms these medicines within our own land but why do you think we're still not fully embracing them I think there's not as much knowledge about it here and I think as most people everyone go um but I do believe until we connect to the land and more people connect to this land um will great change happen and you know it doesn't matter where you're from it's just where you are in this moment mm-hmm. you know and yeah like being with the mushrooms I mean they're amazing they have so much knowledge I mean all plants have knowledge and these sacred plants um it's just using them in a way that honors them as a spo- as opposed to robbing them which I think we have a tendency of doing as humans we get greedy mm-hmm. and um Nature doesn't get greedy. Mm-mm. No, it's not greedy. It just no. takes only what it needs, yeah. and and it gives everything back. Mm. So I yeah. think that could be a great teacher for us all if we really sat with it. Yeah, I agree, and I think we what I'm noticing within the plant medicine world, in the sense of like ceremonial stuff, and as you say, like robbing other cultures is there's this continual extraction from the land continual extraction from other cultures and the Mm. land and like you know ayahuasca has become a huge industry now but it's become something that instead of being sacred and like honoring the land it now is just full extraction to get the money and this is this is you know another level to this appropriation not only of cultures but of the land as well definitely and I think as well it's it's a hard one because a lot of people need healing all over the world but again it's like well actually what if people could learn how to make their own food and like sit and create ceremony for themselves or took a moment 
to light a candle and read a poem to themselves it's not going to be as intense as like throwing up and like seeing like your dead father in a in a vision but like seeing that is really hard to integrate afterwards and it doesn't always have to be this like full-on experience I think we're so used to it but our bodies and our nervous system do not need that and we need to change this blueprint of how it should be it's like People say to me, oh, it's really easy for you. You've got lots of time and whatever. It's like, no, I created this time because what was happening was not working for me. Like I was doing drugs to escape my reality and escape my pain. And it was like only until I could have stayed in the jungle, but it was only until I came home and embodied this way of living. Did I know that real change had happened mm-hmm. and being in the same environment, a big, I, I haven't drunk now for years, maybe 14. And there's like a lot of sober things happening which is amazing too. Like it's so good to see these communities, but as well, again, it's another form of separation. Like for me, I kind of, I'd be going to raves and stuff and not drinking and just being with my friends because it was uncomfortable, but they needed to see the change. And I needed to be around that in order to be like, I have a lot of association to do the patterns I used to, but I'm not doing them. And actually, yeah, maybe you're like, taking loads of drugs but I still love being with you and like you still love being with me and it doesn't matter what we do but we can just be in harmony together you being you and me being me and yeah like and we can learn from each other Mm, 100% you know we have enough separation in this world as it is and just because we we shift the way that we are choosing to live shouldn't create more separation it should actually be an invitation for others to see there's an other another way of living but also it's not all the way that you have to live if that is not true for you yeah and I think um like it is great all these kind of um spaces opening but again I'm a real big fan of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so like being in spaces where people are doing things that you're not is good and actually communities are amazing but they can end up like an echo chamber and it's like what do we learn from an echo chamber actually a community is like where there's lots of different views and we come together and we find somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and through that and it's like sometimes people challenge me like well you know why do we plants and this? And actually it's really good because I'm like, well, why am I still doing this? And like checking in because I am not right. I do what's best for me, but with kind of being challenged and coming into uncomfortable situations, I'm able to sit with like, does my lifestyle still serve me? And do I even agree with what I'm talking about? Because if not, then I'm just around everyone's like, yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. And it's like, cool, that's great. But we're all so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, one way works for one person and one way works for another. And this is what we need to kind of step away from is this one singular mold that we have yeah. all like box that we all have to fit into. Because it just definitely it isn't, it isn't the human way. It's just what we've been conditioned to believe. And it doesn't make us open. Like we we then think we found the right way and actually it's like there's no right way. There's no right way. And just because someone, and this is a big thing, when I stopped taking the drugs, I did get for a moment very like, I just want to be pure and just be this. And then actually I was like, what is the difference? Like I'm sitting here in meditation. That person's just taking a pill and danced to drum and bass. They might have had an amazing awakening and I'm just here like, yeah. And it was just like, no, there's no right or wrong or that's better. It's just like, let's just meet each other where they're at. How about that? 
and just like share a meal and talk about it and tell me how you got there and how you feel about that actually and maybe I can meet you there in feelings or if not I can just listen and learn it's not being in rejection of people's experiences or ways of living and it's being in deep honor of that and we learn so much from one another that even just like a really open conversation can actually create so many ripples within those people's lives without forcing a narrative onto someone yeah I think that's the the big thing the forcing the narrative and just kind of yeah just meeting people where they're at on whatever part of their journey are and like but you know and checking in with yourself like do I actually believe this or is this just something that everyone believes and now I'm just following that Mm. um so yeah yes 100% so as we start to wrap up I'd love to love it if you share a little bit about the book that you're currently writing um and how that's unfolded for you? How it's unfolded. Um, so I was on TV for a very brief moment with Jamie Oliver about Cookbook Challenge, and um, I got really good feedback from it. I didn't win because it was probably quite pretty radical for like the mainstream. But the book is coming out next year, I believe, and it's all about bringing food back to ceremony. So it's a recipe book. And these are recipes I've like been cooking for years. You know, I, I hate labels and I kind of hate saying I'm a vegan, but it's like plants. It's like a plant-based book. And I've been living this and eating these recipes yeah, for 14 years. And it's about foraging, how to make your food beautiful. And also there's lots of proverbs from my grandmother and like people I live with in the jungle. So it's kind of like, I remember the first time I ate quinoa, and I was like, cool, quinoa, this is weird. And I remember this woman just picking up a quinoa grain and being like, there's a whole universe inside of this mighty grain. And I was like, this woman is crazy. But in that moment, it made me be like, wow, like actually, yeah, there is a whole universe within something. And I just never taken the time to even think about that. So it's kind of um, things that were quite thought provoking for me funny stories about kind of trying to impress love affairs and living in squats with no money and um, basically even in a fast-paced life how you can have simple foraging Mm. beautiful and do you know is there a date that it's coming out or is that still I mean it's still still to be confirmed but yeah it'll be later on in the year I believe um and it's uh it's so interesting because like I am dyslexic. So like writing has come with its challenges, but you know, like building community is such an important thing. Like I write something and then pop to my next door neighbor and I'm like, can you just spell check this? And then she's like, okay, cool. And it's, and what I'm realizing more, it's like, we can't do everything ourselves. We actually have to ask for help, which isn't that easy. It's been a real learning thing for me to be like, I'm really struggling with this and you're really good at that. So can like you meet me there and um so most of the time people want to help and if they don't want to help then that's cool they're probably really busy and I get that Mm -hmm. yes um and I think I talk a lot about I forage quite a lot but not everything is foraged and I think it's a really good way for getting people out of their heads and into their hearts and I really believe um through foraging 
And people ask me a lot, like, how did you learn? Um, my grandmother would always say, you need to sit with a plant. You cannot learn from it in a book. Mm. So every month I like take a plant and I sit with it and I ask her and I ask other plant friends and I do read a little bit on the internet. And through that, I'm learning more and more about what is in the land around me mm. and what is, what, what is it giving me? How can it hold me? Um, and how can I take it? Mm. Yeah. So there'll be that in the book too. Oh, amazing. I can't wait for this book to come out. I think it's going to be exactly what this country needs. I think it I think it's more like bringing feelings back to food. Because now we're all about how beautiful does it look and like fake meats and everything's so um what's the word elaborate? And it doesn't need to. It's like, let's just make this real simple. I mean, I love making my dishes look beautiful because I really believe if I'm creating beauty in my dishes, that is like the ultimate gift of self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks beautiful. I'm eating beauty. The first thing I eat, uh, think before eating is beauty. And that is what's infiltrated inside of me. Mm. I have a question actually from what you've just, uh, something that you just shared is what, as someone who's like very connected to the earth and plants, what's your, what are your thoughts on fake meat, fake meats? I mean, I don't really get it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, uh, my, I'm just about eating as whole foods as possible. And actually, I live on a plant-based diet, but I'm more about, I think sometimes maybe like organic chicken may even be better for you than mm-hmm. some of that meat. Like I rarely eat anything if it's got more than five ingredients. And on the back of that, there's like 30. And it's like, what even is that? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about, knowing the ingredient and where it comes from and like for some people it's radical it's like oh she's well into plants but talking about actually maybe you could eat meat but I'm about going back to simplicity and actually back in the day people would eat meat I don't know not they'd have to go and hunt for it and make it and and then they eat loads of herbs and plants in between as opposed to like making fake meat and I get it's a really good way to transition but again like and people say they are from plants but it's like 30 ingredients. The texture's mad. Just, I'm just like, just eat more plants. Eat me, eat more plants. Eat fish, eat more plants. Just more plants. Yeah. And you cannot help feel more connected by eating more plants and learning about the different vegetables too. Mm, yes. I, yeah, I, I agree with the uh, fake meat organic chicken kind of yeah. discussion because I like I you know I've been vegan for I've been veggie since I was four and then vegan for five years but I'm starting to transition a little bit more into animal-based products just as an exploration and I'm finding that the more I kind of research the more I'm like opposed to fake meats and all of these things because I'm like I don't know what I'm putting into my body that's the truth of it like there is so much in there and it's not to shame anyone who enjoys them no not at all and it can be really great from transitioning Mm. and and I think that's good I just think um I think everyone just needs to experience yeah experience what is good for them Mm. like actually like you said you know actually now I'm transitioning with animal products and seeing how that feels because it's like actually by taking things away and then reintroducing them kind of actually seeing like how this does affect my body. How does it affect my mood? Like how's my digestion with that? Mm. And, um, 
and then in that like plants really work for me and I believe we need more of them in our lives Mm -hmm. I just um yeah the fake meats I yeah I I don't get it but Mm -hmm. each to their own yeah exactly and I guess a couple last things is yeah if someone was like really on the on the earliest parts of this journey of like reconnecting with food and plants and this type of thing what is one piece of advice that you could offer them to start like support the start of their journey what with connecting with plants Mm. eating more plants for sure going for walks and like learning you know if you see a flower or you see a tree and it kind of I don't want to say, yeah, like speaks to you or you just notice it. Take a minute and actually learn about that tree. Mm. And that's a really good way of doing it. Um, Going to circles um, and creating ceremony for yourself, you know, start reading things. But for me, the main thing was like being in nature. And actually, the more I'm in nature, the more... I want to be in it more. And it's funny because I live, living on the boat, you're on the marshes. I basically live in a park. And then like one day I'll be walking in the park and foraging. Then that same night I'll be going to like a gig in central London. And it's like, there is no separation. There's not part for your spiritual life and there's not, it's all entwined. It's like, and, and that's, and that's important and finding community. And I think some people really struggle with that, but the beautiful thing about all of this, kind of awakening happen is there's lots of things you can go to and um but ultimately connecting with nature it is in you it is always in everybody it's just taking the time to kind of reawaken what the people before you and in your bloodline and what is in your dna just awakening that connection because it is there just taking time to be in nature playing with nature and um and have fun with it actually doesn't have to be so serious like I think we get so lost of like yeah I want to connect with nature and foraging it's like nature is playful look at all the colors it has look at the way the leaves are all like scattered on the floor like just be playful with it find a plant learn about it cook with it if it's edible obviously find out that (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that I think that's yeah incredibly beautiful so thank you for sharing that and then one final thing is if people want to connect with you um what offers do you have where are you on social media etc etc um yeah so moody mango alchemy it's on instagram i do a lot of i do circles and a ceremonial supper club so the circle is all about people coming together sitting uh, reading poetry having deeper conversations prayer we learn at least one um what do we we learn about at least at least one plant in season each month Mm. so you kind of learn there's poetry around it you get to take some home I infuse it actually with some of the potions I make that we drink um ceremonial supper clubs where you come and you meet people I'm really big on this so it's like we don't really care what you do for a living or whatever I want to know how you feel I want to know like something that's come up for you and we have really great conversations sometimes it can be challenging we have song we have poetry and we eat feasts of plants um and that's all advertised sometimes on my website or sometimes I'll randomly be like no I'm up for I'm up for doing a ceremony in a um a circle in a couple of 
uh, days. So it'll be on Instagram and then the energy sessions, the information is on my website and I hold all of that on my boat. I do work a lot with retreats. So you can find me in different parts around the world, but ultimately it's on my boat in Hackney. Amazing. Thank you so much for this conversation. Is there anything else that you want to add in or are you feeling complete? Mm, Do I want to add anything? I guess like for some people, it's really people. And maybe this was the way it was always like, oh, look at them they're like really connected to plants or they're like really in it. And it's just like, everyone has to start from somewhere and actually just starting however small that is, whether that's just incorporating more plants into your diet or, you know, instead of rolling around in bed, just taking a moment to see the sunrise in the morning and just, just start from there. And that is what invokes real change is just starting because it's through starting that we can kind of, we change the thinking about it is good but yeah just small steps it doesn't have to be this radical change just take it at your own pace and yeah get out in nature beautiful thank you so much it's been so lovely to chat with you um yeah thanks for having me you're welcome so this will be well this will obviously be out november um 